Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Well, welcome to the latest episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez with you today, and I have a guest, a fantastic guest, Kelly Roach. Hi, Kelly. Hey there, Henry. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's, it's our great pleasure. Let me uh, give you folks, the listeners, a bit of background on Kelly, and then I'll have her fill in the gaps here. But uh, Kelly has enjoyed a remarkable journey. She's gone from NFL cheerleader to million-dollar mogul, and she's also a mom. Uh, Kelly is the founder of Kelly Roach Coaching, and Kelly Roach Coaching is a rapid growth coaching and consulting company for business owners, entrepreneurs, and executive leaders. She's also the author of the number one international best-selling book, Unstoppable, Nine Principles for Unlimited Success in Business and Life, which I just finished reading last week. Uh, Kelly had a highly successful corporate career, but she was yearning for more, as a lot of us did uh, coming from the corporate world. She knew she was meant for something bigger, and she wanted to create a business that allowed her to serve others, make a difference, and create unlimited income while doing it. After personally producing more than $30 million in sales in record time, Kelly charged at the top of a global Fortune 500 firm, netting seven promotions in eight years. Uh, but that's when she launched Kelly Roach International, which was dedicated and is dedicated to helping businesses do the extraordinary by using innovative strategies to rapidly increase productivity and profits. So once again, Kelly, welcome to the show. And if you could please fill in a little bit of the gaps there as we get started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for the for the great intro there. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, my, my passion and my focus of my business and my life is helping others to succeed. That's really the, the number one driving motivation behind everything that I do. And, you know, my, my company is just really focused on helping to chip away at that 80% number. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, 80% of businesses still fail. And the vast majority of small business owners are making, you know, $50,000 or less in their businesses. And so my job is to do as much as I can possibly do with the time that I have um, to make an impact there and, and hopefully change, change lives and, and families by putting a dent in those numbers. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then just a little bit more personally about you. I, I know I looked it up, but I forget where, where, where we're speaking to you. Where do you live currently? Yeah, absolutely. I live in Westchester, Pennsylvania with my husband and my daughter, Madison, who's two. And oh, wow. I have two dogs, Sadie and Macy, two beagles. Um, so hopefully you will not hear them howling in the background during <laughs> our interview. We try to keep that at a minimum. Yeah, I understand. I work for my home office as well. And my daughter just graduated from high school yesterday. Oh my so, gosh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm at the other end of the, yes. the process there. Uh, so very good. Exciting. Uh, I had the, obviously, the pleasure of reading the book. As I, as I said, it's called Unstoppable. And you'll find links to that in our show notes for our listeners at thehowofbusiness.com. Enjoyed it tremendously. Very inspiring. And as I was preparing for this interview, that's where a lot of the questions are coming from because there was so much that stood out. I could go on for, for an hour about it, but it's it's definitely a recommended read. And I'm talking about someone like myself who's 
been in the corporate world, has owned several businesses, and it was still extremely enlightening and empowering. So thanks for that. So today's episode, Kelly's going to share her entrepreneurial journey, because that's always, of course, something of interest for our listeners, because you, like myself, and many of our listeners made that transition from the corporate world. And then we'll dive into some questions about a lot of the things you highlight in the book. But I wanted to start with that transition. Tell us a little bit more about that. What was that like going from the corporate world to becoming your own boss? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the entrepreneurial journey is the greatest personal development exercise that you will ever engage in, for sure. You know, I know for me, and you already shared my my background, so, you know, I had been promoted seven times in eight years. I had really dedicated, you know, pretty much a decade of my life to my, my job and my work and, you know, my role in my corporate career. I had given everything that I had to that. And, it, you know, it was really both the success was a win and it was also a fail for me. And what I mean by that is, you know, as I continue to take on more and more, I was running 17 locations up and down the East Coast. And, you know, I had 50 plus people that were working for me and, you know, was traveling on trains and planes. And, you know, you can imagine, right? And so, and I'm sure a lot of yourself and, and the listeners have been there. And it just got to a point where I realized, you know, I could be the CEO of this company or, or maybe another company, but, you know, every time I get promoted, I lose more of myself. I lose more of my freedom. I lose more of who I really am because there's less and less time for me to be an individual and to really live life on my own terms and and have freedom. And, you know, I also realized that I was making more and more money, but there was no time to spend the money and there was no enjoyment of the success that I was creating. And so for me, I really, you know, did a lot of soul searching and and just, you know, realized that this is not a problem with this one company. This is just, you know, this is a problem, you know, for me personally that I'm not going to be satisfied and and really create the kind of life that fits my value system unless I start my own business. And so that's that's where the journey began. You know, I'm very very thankful for the experience that I had in my corporate career because that's where I learned sales and marketing and leadership and coaching and all of the things that are so center to what I do in my business today. But, you know, I think for everybody listening, and I'm sure we have a mix of, you know, experienced business owners and new business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, listening, you know, never discredit your past experience. Never discredit where you are right now because it, the very well the thing that you think maybe is holding you back is the thing that's going to make you most successful in the future. Yeah, that's a great point. You do end up leveraging all of these skills and experiences that you have when you apply them to your own business. So that doesn't go to waste, obviously. So that yearning that was there was about freedom. It was about control. Was it there uh, forever? In other words, do you think you were born to be an entrepreneur? Did you always have those aspirations or did it come later? No, it definitely came later for me. You know, I didn't grow up aspiring to be an entrepreneur. I really didn't even understand what it meant to be an entrepreneur, to be honest. My mind was blown when I realized that this was there was this whole other world out there. I really had gone to school and I thought that the the path to success was, you know, go to college, get a great job, get promoted and move up to be an executive in a Fortune 500 firm and and that's exactly the path that I took. And then I kind of climbed the mountain as hard and as fast as I possibly could and I got to the top and I was like, "Oh no. Is this all?" <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> right? I was like, "Oh man, I climbed the wrong mountain." Yeah. Um <laughs> but that's part of 
life. And that's part of what's fun about the freedom that we all have in our everyday lives to make mistakes and to learn from them and to grow from every experience and, and to always, it's never too late to start something new. It's never, you know, we're never too old to, you know, set a new dream or set a new goal. And, and I really do believe that. And, you know, I know the thing with starting and growing a business is obviously it's very challenging. And I know there's a lot of people out there that do dream of starting a business, but you know, they have a full-time job or they have family obligations or they feel like they can't make it work. And, you know, I think it's so important to realize that you just do what you can from where you're at. You know, like there's no perfect situation for any of us. It's never going to be convenient. It's never going to be easy. It's never going to be the right time, but it's just about your commitment to your own future, right? Yeah, no, I, I, that's such a, a huge hurdle. I hear that all the time and the timing's not right. It's kind of like, and, and I know you do plan to have a child, for example, but it's it's like that thing where you're never ready, ready. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, you yeah. want to have some financial position. Maybe you want to have a home in place, but you just got to take that leap of faith and do it. I think it's similar to that experience and that you never are going to be completely ready. If you're waiting to be completely ready, you'll never make the leap. Exactly. Yeah. So- the thing that I ch was challenged with as well in making the transition is it's hard to give up that safety net, that infrastructure of support, of course, the money that you're making, the perceived security. Did you struggle with that or did they come? Did there come a moment where it was like a light bulb where it's like, I, I have to go? Or was it a transition? No, I mean, I started my business while I was working full time. And so for me, the thing that was my greatest challenge became the thing that made me most successful because I had to learn how to start and grow and, and scale a business while I was working full time. So I had right. just a few hours a day to, to follow my dreams. And I feel that in the beginning, I almost had a little bit of that victim mentality about that, like felt a little sorry for myself. Like we all do sometimes like, oh, you know, I don't get to spend all day every day. But you know what, Henry, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because that's how I learned how to start and grow a truly freedom-based business. And I'll never have to work full-time again if I don't want to because I learned how to do it in shortened hours. I learned how to be productive and how to be focused with my time and how to make the right decisions. You know, I know the difference between being busy and being productive and what things are going to actually, you know, tie back to my bottom line. So, you know, again, that's why so much, I mean, you read the book Unstoppable and I recommend everybody listening, read that book because, you know, that that's really one of the, the foundational principles of the book is like, there's always someone out there that's in a much harder situation than you are. Like we all think that we have it the hardest, right? It's like, right. like I thought I had it the hardest because I had this hard job and I was working so hard and I was working long hours, right? But there's people out there that had it 10 times harder than me, you know? Yeah. And so that's one of the, the centerpieces of achieving success in business and in life is realizing that like you're never the victim. You're, you're writing your own story every minute of every day. And every day is full of a thousand choices that we all have the opportunity to make about what our future is going to look like. Yeah, some huge takeaways there, in particular that point of you had to figure out from day one on your business how to do it effectively and efficiently in short amounts of time because you had to balance that with your full-time job. But but that's continued to be the way you manage your business because that's what gives you the freedom and the balance in life. Exactly. 
Uh, so I had to do similarly. I started my first business while I was still working. I was fortunate to have a partner who ran the day to day. We we actually opened a brick and mortar uh, franchise. Did you have a partner? Were you on your own? How did you get started? No, I started on my own and I'm still on my own, but I do have a fantastic team now. I have a full time marketing person. I have someone that does graphics. I have someone that does communications and, you know, operations and stuff like that. So one of the key things, one of the most important and things that I took away from my corporate career is, you know, and, and I talk about this in the book, of course, you know, is the limited capacity that one human being has. Mm-hmm. It's like no matter how great you are at whatever it is that you do, no one person can have all the skills and all of the experience and all of the knowledge and all of the productivity to build a successful enterprise, to build a successful business. And I love that you shared that, Henry, how you started with a partner because, you know, that element of team, whether it's building a team like I did or having a partner like you did, it's so critical because so many entrepreneurs, the reason why they get stuck and ultimately fail is that they try to go at it alone. And it never works. It never works, right? Yeah. And then you talk about, you touch in the book also about inspiring those people that work with you, whether they're partners or team members, because that's how you really leverage yourself. We can only do so much in a day. I love that you brought that up because freedom, I tie those two things together. Freedom really comes from leadership because your ability to influence and impact other people to support you on your mission is the only way that you can get more and more done without adding more and more to your own plate. And so I love that you, you know, took the conversation in that direction because that's such a critical, that's such a critical understanding for people to really wrap their heads around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So one last question on that topic and then we'll move on. I made a mistake when I was first building a business while having a high pressure sales job in that I talked about it at work and it created all kinds of resentment. It ended up creating issues for me. I wasn't dedicated. I wasn't married to the company. Uh, What were your experiences as far as that goes? Yeah, absolutely. I was pretty um, upfront from day one when I started my business. I did, you know, let the organization know and I I was, you know, pretty open and honest about it because I just did not want anything to, you know, come out otherwise. And, you know, essentially their message to me was, you know, you better keep your performance up. You know, I, I was in a job where, you know, everything was based on PL, production, profitability, year over year growth. It was a push, push, push sales organization. So it was kind of, you know, as as long as you keep, you know, keep yourself out of trouble, you know, you'll be okay. So, right. you know, I just we had an understanding and and that, you know, that worked out well for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Excellent. All right. Well, let's move on to some of the topics from the book. First one that stood out to me is this whole topic of mindset and having the right mindset. I'll read a quick quote here from the book. Uh, Quote, there's a difference between wishing things were different and working to make them different. End quote. So from your experience with business owner, what's a common issue with their mindset that holds them back from achieving their ultimate success? Yeah. I mean, I think I touched on a little bit of this already. You know, the mindset is really that whatever you want to do, where there's a will, there's always a way. And that your situation isn't harder. Your situation isn't more difficult. Um, The people that have already done it didn't have more resources or more money or this or that. It's really understanding that we all have challenges. We all have our own totally unique set of gifts 
We all have our own totally unique set of challenges. And, you know, every day we're writing the script for ourselves. So, you know, it's essentially the difference, Henry, in mindset of are you a victim in your own life or are you the hero of your own story? And I think that is the ultimate mindset that determines the quality of your life and your level of success in everything that you do. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we we have to look at it as let's let's go get it. Let's go live life instead of letting life happen to us. And it's we're sometimes our own worst enemy. We're our own worst roadblock in that road to success. And we have to get out of our own way sometimes. Uh, but it's easier said than done because we bring to it baggage. We bring to it maybe negative experiences. Maybe we're in a job that doesn't even allow us a financial ability to to put enough away to make that transition. But to your point. There's people who have come from a lot worse situations than us who have been able to make that transition. So, so much of it is your mindset. Mm-hmm. So let me segue to uh, another quote from the book to get us started on this topic. Quote, too many times I see people try to start businesses because of a passion they have for something no one wants to buy. This is a critical or an important topic to me because I have had this discussion frequently. I think it ties into this whole notion that seems to be prominent of late of do what you love to do. And we, I think we've confused that to an extent as it applies to business. Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought this up, Henry, because I think this is, it's so critical. And you know, there's a lot of messaging flying around now that really, it terrifies me actually for entrepreneurs, because if people don't know any better, like you said, they can confuse the messaging and it can be completely detrimental. It could be the reason why you fail and and end up spending your your life savings trying to build a business and then losing everything. And I'll give you another example, you know, a lot of the big influencers now and a lot of the advertisements that you see on Facebook are all about, you know, how to build a business without selling. Don't be salesy. Don't sell. You don't need to sell to be successful. You know, there's a lot of messaging around that now. Like everyone thinks that as long as they build an online business, they're not going to have to sell and there isn't going to be any, you know, communication needed in order to do that. So now we have thousands and thousands of people that are quote unquote trying to build an online business that don't understand the foundational principles of what it takes to build a successful business. And they're just failing and failing and failing because there's all this messaging out there. You know, what is sales? Sales is the transfer of inspiration. It's your ability to communicate your message in an effective way that gets someone to do what you want them to do for their own reasons. And there's no way that you will ever build a successful business without sales. In fact, sales is in the definition of the word business itself. It, it's a, it's a, sales transaction between two people. So Mm -hmm. I love that you brought it up, Henry. So going back to what you asked about the passion, you know, so on one hand, do you need to be passionate about your business and about what you're doing in your business to stay with it for the long haul and be successful? Ultimately, yes. If you are looking to do something for the long term, you're going to deal with so many ups and downs, so many challenges, so many struggles, so many hurdles that of course you have to be totally passionate in order to to keep going, right? Because even if you're doing something and you're making great money with it, if you don't love it and you're not passionate about it, eventually you're just going to want to get out of it. You're going to want to have enough. But on the flip side, exactly what you said, you know, too many people want to do what they're passionate about and quote unquote, 
help people and they end up giving their services for free or trying to transition a business from something that they've been doing for free because it's their passion for so long, but they're not looking at it like a business. They're not structuring yeah. offers. They're not using language that speaks to their audience. They're not focusing on creating products and services that there's a demand for that people actually want instead of something that they just decide that they want to sell. So I think it's just what it is, Henry, is, and I talk about this a lot in the book too, you know, to build a successful business, you have to invest in first understanding what skills you need to possess and what understanding you need to wrap your own head around in order to do that successfully. Too many people decide they're going to go into business. They say, okay, I'm in business and decide to throw up a website and decide to, you know, start posting on social media and they think they're in business and then they're wondering why nothing is happening, right? Right, right. Yeah. And so that skill of sales then, as you articulate so clearly, is one of those things that we think, well, we don't need that. My passion will come through or people will find it and build it and they will come kind of thing. But, And I couldn't agree with you more. And I was, so I'm going to just segue to that question that I have because that stood out in the book to me is that whole approach because I believe it completely that it's all about sales, whether it's an opinion that we're getting someone to buy into in a personal relationship or if we're in, still in a corporate world and it's a project or a promotion or whatever where we're selling ourselves or, of course, in business, it's all about sales. Now, let me ask you, do you think you were always a natural at it or did you have to develop that skill? No, absolutely. I needed to develop that skill. I mean, I didn't even, when I started selling, I didn't even really understand anything about business or anything about sales. But I'll tell you, there was a life-changing, you know, experience for me that taught me the value of sales. And, you know, and I talk about this in the book, you know, I was always working three jobs in college because I had to pay for my own expenses. I came from a big family. We didn't have any money. We were always broke. I was so sick of it. So I was like, you know, darn it, I am not going to live like, like this anymore. I'll work as much as I need to so that I can have money in my pocket. So, you know, just like everyone else in college, I started off doing jobs for like 10 bucks an hour, this, that, you know, minimum wage kind of stuff. Well, then I get a job doing cocktail waitressing at one of the bars in the, in the college town. Now, all of a sudden, I'm serving drinks and I'm hustling and I'm realizing, hmm, you know what? I I can go in there and I can make 50 bucks for the night or I can really hustle and I can work the room and I can, you know, serve as many people and make the rounds and get the drinks as quick as I possibly can. And I can walk away with $300 a night. And that is when my whole life changed because I realized, oh my gosh, like we're totally in control. Like that's all yeah. sales is, is it's you being in control of your destiny and it's you saying, okay, you can show up and take what someone offers you, which isn't going to be much right? Or you can go out and say, you know, I think my time is worth X, Y, and Z. And then you can hustle and, and you can go out and create that and make that happen. And so, you know, I don't believe sales people are born. I believe that they're made. I believe they're absolutely, it, it's a skill that you learn with practice. And, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's so much more about listening than it is about talking anyway, that most of the fears and hesitation that people have around sales are just completely in their head because it's not even, that's not even what true salesmanship is. You know what I mean? Right. We have this uh, 
preconceived notion of perhaps the used car salesman, not to denigrate all of them, but that that negative connotation we have of it. And there are so many styles and approaches to it that we bring to it personally that are all valid and effective. But you've touched on some of the key points that that confidence in the value that you bring, whether it's your product and or service, having confidence that that has value that's a key part of it as well. And you touched on that when we were talking about the passion component of it. So great. Thanks for sharing that. Let me segue to this other hot topic that stood out for me in the book, and that is what you call the willingness to take imperfect action. So I'm one of those people that suffers from trying to be perfect at something, particularly trying to have it just right and perfect before I launch whatever. I'm getting better at it, but uh, talk to me about that and that challenge and that need to be perfect. Yeah, so definitely. The most important determining factor in success and failure as an entrepreneur is the willingness to take imperfect action. And kind of the the way I describe it people in, to people in a very black and white kind of sense is, you know, you can't have the light shine down upon you to get the customers and the clients and the leverage and the skill and the authority and, you know, the opportunities if you're putting the the barrel over the light, right? So if you hide because you want to look perfect or you want to make sure that you look, you know, professional or everything is exactly how it's, you know, supposed to be and it's the best it can possibly be, which it never is, you know, and, and you hide, you know, you can maybe keep that image of perfection, but at the same time, no one sees you to even know that you were perfect. So it really doesn't matter that you were perfect, right? right? So it's just all about understanding that, you know, everything is a test and that nothing is permanent. Everything's just an opportunity for learning and growth. And that the only way that you get good at anything and the only way that you succeed at anything is by practicing and practicing and practicing. And the only way that, that it happens is, is through actually taking action and doing it. Yeah. And you talk about in the book of the fear of being judged and ridiculed and that obviously that fuels that perception. I think it also ties into that while we give it a lot of lip service, our society still, I think, indoctrinates us, school does, college does, to avoid making mistakes, right? We need to get the right grade. We need to get the right scores. And so there's that imbalance there of what we say, but what how we really behave. But How did you begin, give me an example if you could, of how you became to overcome those fears of being ridiculed and judged and therefore take that imperfect step? Yeah. I mean, for me, it went back to a really young age. So I had the opportunity to dance at one of the best schools in like the tri-state area that had produced professional dancers in the best stages in the world and NFL cheerleaders and people that were performing with, uh, you know, some of the highest, you know, professional athletes in the world in the, in the dance realm, which is what my passion was. And I knew that there was no way that my family could afford that. And I wasn't at the age quite yet where I could go and work to make the kind of money necessary. <laughs> um, and so it, I ended up striking a deal with the owner of the studio where I was actually clean the dance studio in exchange for lessons. So every day as the kids came in, you know, for, for dance class, there I was vacuuming and cleaning the trash cans and on my hands and knees, cleaning the floors and scrubbing the mirrors and, you know, little Cinderella. And, you know, that was my first time, Henry, that I was like, you know what? I am doing this. Like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to better myself. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. I'm going to put myself out there. Like, I don't 
don't care if the kids laugh at me. I don't care if people don't want to be friends with me. And I really, you know, that was one of the, the greatest learning experiences of my life. It gave me so much confidence, so much strength of character, um, so much certainty, you know, in, in myself that I feel like that then carried over into my career. And then that carried over into my own business. And so it's like, once you realize, oh, like it's not going to kill you if you're not perfect. It's not going to, you're not going to be hurt if, you know, not everyone needs to like you. Not everyone needs to think, you know, everything's great. And then at the end of the day, Henry, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, the very thing that you feel like you have to like protect or hide from is the reason why people like actually want to do business with you. So counterintuitive, but because people want to feel like they have a relationship with the person that they buy from, it's actually the imperfection that they're drawn to because they want to do business with people that they feel like they like or want to be like, and they know they're not perfect and they want to deal with someone that they can feel comfortable interacting with. So it's so counterintuitive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard one. But what, what happened there for you at that moment and what you've been able to take forward is that doesn't mean it didn't hurt or didn't feel embarrassing, but you had a greater vision, a place you wanted to go. And that was more important. Now that was the priority. And it segues perfectly then, I think, to the other key couple of key things that stood out for me, which is your point about sacrifice and discipline. As I work with aspiring entrepreneurs, one of the things I see is this this lack of understanding and unwillingness to sacrifice. And that means a lot of different things, a lot of different ways in which we can sacrifice. But share with me a little bit more about your thoughts on that, on sacrifice and discipline and how key that is to success. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I always like to say, and I can't remember who I heard the quote from or I would give credit to the person, um, but, you know, they said, you know, every overnight success is 15 years in the making. And it's so true. You read every person's biography, you learn their story, you follow their career. You know, when people hit it big and finally have that wow moment, whether it's a business person that just seems like they're on top of the world, making millions, having fun, all of that, or it's an athlete or, you know, in any realm, that person has been slaving away quietly behind the scenes for years and years and years to get to that point. And I think that the internet has made it so much worse because you only see people's highlight reel. You don't see what their real day-to-day looks like and what they had to do to get to that one moment in time that you're seeing captured there. But yeah, I think it's really important to talk openly about sacrifice and discipline, and I make it a point to do so because I feel that in our culture and in our society – no one talks about it. It's like we pretend like that's not going to be necessary anymore. And I I feel like that message has almost been perpetuated. And again, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of the things that's caused people to fail because they don't understand that, you know, when, when someone gets to that point of success, you know, they were the ones that were coming in early and staying late and working on the weekend and, and putting in all of those extra hours, you know, so I think it's just it's, – it's important to understand that when you're working towards anything of consequence or significance in your business and in your life that you will not get instant gratification and that many times the all indicators point to the opposite of what you want initially, meaning – and I talk about this in the book. You know, so you want more freedom. A lot of times you're going to have a whole lot less freedom 
before you get mm-hmm. more freedom. The path to freedom actually includes a ton of sacrifice and a ton of giving up of your freedom to get to that point. And I think that confuses people. And that's why most people actually never make it to the other side, because you do have to be willing to sacrifice and you do have to be willing to give up a lot to finally get to that point. Yeah, that's that's a huge point. Couldn't agree with you more. Let me uh, turn a little bit more personal to you. How do you go about, and you touched on it a little bit as you were telling us about how you began the business while you also had the full-time job and it being about freedoms, but how do you achieve that balance now in life between work? You have a two-year-old, I believe you mm-hmm. said, and family. How, how do you manage all of that? Are there some tips or techniques that you apply yeah. to make that happen? Yeah, definitely. A couple, couple really important things there. So, you know, definitely having strict boundaries and knowing when it's family time and when it's time for business. And, you know, that I think is absolutely critical. Um, when I'm with my daughter, I am with my daughter. I am totally focused on her. And I'm, you know, my goal is to give her the best quality attention and focus that I possibly can. But in terms of tips and strategies for everybody listening, the first and most important thing is find your two peak hours of the day. The the two hours of the day where you are uh, clearest thinking, most focused, best, you know, energized, and use those two hours for the most important things that you need to accomplish that day. And if possible, do it as early in the day as you possibly can. Because then whatever happens in business and in life from that point forward, you've already accomplished the most important aspects of the day. And if you do it very early in the morning, which is what I tend to do before my daughter is up, what happens is you can get more done many times in two hours with zero distraction. It's totally quiet. There's no emails coming through. You can get more done in two hours than most people do all day. So it's all about finding your peak and knowing very, very clearly what the highest, most valuable things that you want to get done each day are going to be. It's about limiting them, keeping it simple, keeping your focus minimal, and then diving into those two hours with 100% complete focus. And then after that, you can be really flexible and you can allow for life to happen and business to happen and you can deal with whatever comes on your plate. So I think that's really the the biggest tip there. Yeah, I love that. That's that's. Perfect. And that's uh, such a huge takeaway. I think it also ties back to the conversation we just had about sacrifice. I think sometimes people look at it as, well, I don't want to sacrifice time with my family and my loved ones. And I think you can strike that balance. Yes, there'll be times, there'll be crunch times when everything gets sacrificed. But there are other less important things that really should be sacrificed, whether that's watching exactly. TV or, or whatever. Exactly. But you, but you still block out that critical time for your family, and that's what you've been able to do so well, I think. Yeah, and I think the important thing, I love that you mentioned that, Henry, because, you know, yeah, I, I hear the same thing, and, and you know, family is first, you know, but at the same time, if you care about your family and you want to provide for your family, then you, you need to be disciplined, you need to sacrifice, and you need to make hard choices sometimes so that you can do those things for your family and be there for the family in the way that you promised that you would be. And then just to your point there, Henry, which I love, it's so important to actually take a step back and and monitor how your time is being spent and where it's being spent and actually identify the pockets of time that are being wasted and how they could be redirected in such a way that will actually help you to accomplish your goals. All right, we'll start to wrap it up here. But one of the key things, obviously, in the book as well, and I agree with completely, is uh, you say that the the secret or one of the secrets to high performance is getting the right coach right out of the gate. That doesn't mean that 
for example, I've been in business for a while and I still leverage coaching and mentors. But uh, what do you recommend for our listeners as to how they should go about finding a coach or a mentor who's the right fit for them? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. So I think it's super important, obviously, to have support on your entrepreneurial journey. And you can't possibly see everything because you're in it, you know. So even the most talented business person needs someone to give them feedback, to keep them from falling in the landmines and and to help them to accelerate, you know, their progress. I think that you need need to look for someone that excels in building a business around a model that you aspire to, a lifestyle that you aspire to. But also, you know, it's important to find a coach that really has their head and their heart in the game. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there today that don't necessarily, they're not necessarily passionate about actually coaching people. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a big distinction there. So, you know, sometimes when you're looking for a coach, maybe you don't want to go with the highest name, biggest person in the industry. You may want to look for a mid-level person that's super passionate, super successful at what they're doing, but still actually has a love of working with people and a love of actually having their hands on interaction with individuals individuals versus, you know, the distinction between that and like an online course where you don't have any interaction with that person. And I sell both. I sell coaching and I do private consulting, but I also run online coaching programs and digital courses. There's a big difference. So I think it's just kind of identifying what you actually need. And then, you know, looking at a lot of different people, join their webinars, get on, you know, read all their free stuff, listen to their podcasts, you know, get a flavor for who they are. Make sure that their value system aligns with yours and most importantly that they're excelling using the strategies that you want to use in your own business. Yeah, excellent. And uh, speaking of webinars, I know you recently had one. I don't see one scheduled yet, but people can sign up obviously online to to get notified about when the next one is or am I missing something? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we, the next one we're doing is actually going to be on June 22nd and I don't know when this episode is going to be coming out, but we do, okay. yeah, we do webinars just about every other week. The next one that we have coming up is called the Total Time Mastery Revolution, how to cut 20 hours from your work week and double your new clients. And the reason why we're doing that when we're doing that is kids are getting out of school. Things are about to get super crazy for most entrepreneurs out there. And so it's all about how people can um, leverage their time, keep their business growing during the crazy summer months, and, you know, really learn ways to cut hours out of their week that aren't producing profit for them, and then replace that with shortened hours that are much more productive and powerful. And people can get access to that by just texting profit class, all one word, no spaces, profit class to 44222. Wonderful. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. So to our listeners, if this episode does come out after June 22nd, I think you said there are other dates coming up. Go to the website, kellyroachcoaching.com. You'll also find that again on the show notes at our website at thehowofbusiness.com. So if you missed that one, there are others, lots of great content online as well. A couple of last questions. Besides your great book, which I have read already, and I read it on Kindle, and I highly recommend, is there a book that comes to mind that you've read recently that you would recommend to our audience? 
Yeah, so I'll give you two, one a recent book and then one just my all-time favorite book. Um, So a recent book that I thought was really powerful was How to Become a Power Connector by Judy Robinette. I highly recommend that for anyone that's looking to leverage connections in their business and partnerships and and strategic connections to um, go further faster. So I I definitely recommend that. And then my all-time favorite, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I've probably read it 15 times. I recommend it all the time, even and if you've already read it, pick it back up again because it is sure to empower you to pick up the pace and keep moving forward. Yep. And two fantastic recommendations. All right, Kelly, thank you so much for all of this information. I could go on for another hour just on the book alone, but uh, I appreciate everything that you've shared. Any last uh, piece of advice, thought for our listeners who are either aspiring to make that transition from their jobs or existing small business owners that are looking for thoughts and tips on how to grow their business. Any last thought that comes to mind? Yeah, I just think, you know, you you have to just do the best you can possibly do from where you are with what you've got every single day. And if you do that, you will make progress every day and you will ultimately achieve your goals. So it's about putting one foot in front of the other, believing in yourself, continuing to chase your dreams and getting help along the way. And I think if you do that, you know, you will become unstoppable in your business and life. And where can, we've mentioned uh, the website, but uh, where else and where should listeners go if they want to learn more about you and your business? Yeah, absolutely. So kellyroachcoaching.com is my home on the web, and we have so many incredible free downloadable resources, trainings, video series, webinars. So visit kellyroachcoaching.com to get your hands on some of that great stuff. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff too. So I'm, I'm floating around the internet. You know, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from any of your listeners. Yeah. And then your podcast, I'm I'm a listener of the podcast. So talk about that just for a moment. Yeah. So Unstoppable Success Radio, it's on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. And, um, you know, it's all about helping entrepreneurs get the right strategies and systems in place to go further faster and to make that six and seven figure leap in their business. So we are live three days a week. I do a teaching segment. I do a guest interview and I do a Ask Kelly episode every single Friday. So there's three episodes a week. And um, yeah, we have a ton of fun. It's action packed. It's fast moving. And it's and it's all, you know, strategy and content to help people achieve their goals. Yeah, it's a great show. I listen to it every week. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, it's, it's great stuff. Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time for being with us and for sharing all of this knowledge. You got it. Thank you so much for having me. Folks, thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. As I've mentioned, you can find all of the details, the links, the show notes, the books that Kelly referred to, all of that will be in the show notes at thehowofbusiness.com. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, we would encourage you and thank you for subscribing. We look forward to having you on the next episode of The How of Business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by LevanteBusinessGroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.